0: of geeks and pop culture enthusiasts to the second installment of this behind-the-scenes look at Zenoscope Entertainment, brought to you by PopGeeks.com, in collaboration with Wizards, the podcast guide to comics. I'm Adam Pope. And totally nerding out, I'm Michael Canetti. (laughs) And we are back to chat with another one of the creative minds behind publications such as Grim Fairy Tales, Bell, and the recent Oz Return of the Wicked Witch, among many other credits. So without further ado, Dave Franchini, welcome to the conversation. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, glad to be here. So first of all, to start off,
1: I like I said, I'm a huge fan of your work. I have a ton of comics written by you just in the couple of days I've been piling through some of the, the stuff you've worked on recently and so I got to start asking by saying like you know and this is going to parlay into a story that I have one of my favorite characters that you've done and in the Xenoscope universe is Cinderella serial killer I love serial killers I live in Long Island so this whole like Gilgo Beach thing is like blow my mind I'm so thrilled I'm like I'm excited about it and I want to know where you came up with the idea to make her a serial killer.
2: Joan Ralph first introduced her in uh, Grim Fairy Tales number two, like the original yep. volume one, number mm-hmm. two. Uh, and she was a little quirky, a little crazy. And then they brought her back for like Grim Fairy Tales number 45. Um, and that's when she got, she became more sadistic. She was like mm-hmm. making, uh, she was making a lot of like the sorority girls, like hold actual hearts and squeeze it over their heads and mm-hmm. a little crazy. <laughs> But she didn't like completely lose her mind yet. Like she was just evil and mean. And then and then Pat kind of took her took her over in like uh was it Age of Darkness? He did Cinderella yeah. Age of Darkness. And then he made her a little bit more flaky, a little bit more like a little a little goofier. And it just kind of it kept evolving from there. Then we after that we saw her in like Robin Hood, Apocalypse. And then that's like the last time you saw her for a while. Because yeah. spoiler, I mean, I'm a spoiler, but it's, it was a while ago. <laughs> she up, she kills a, a she kills a uh, four horseman of the apocalypse, and she incinerate it gets incinerated. Yeah, um,
1: so I have like, that I have that issue somewhere in one of my boxes. So. <laughs>
2: well, yeah. So like, I, I, and like this is before I even really wrote. Like, I started out at ZenScope as an intern, and then I went in the sales, and then I kind of slowly edged my way into it, like mm-hmm. editing and writing so i i came up with the idea i was like well i was like i always love i love garth ennis i love like like punisher kills the marvel universe i love mm-hmm. i love that that craziness i love deadpool like my like honestly i, I don't know like, if it's blasphemy for some people it doesn't matter i love like the daniel way uh deadpool like that that whole run where it was mm-hmm. like starts off like secret invasion so like i always love that and i was like so i pitched it to joe one of the owners i was like I was like, what if we did one where like Cindy goes around and just literally just murders everybody? And I had a plan for it. I was like, it's not set in the, the real world. They're not really getting murdered. It's just, this is how we bring her back to life after she was in the apocalypse. Because like Joe already started planting seeds for this this group called Tarot, which was like, they, they were kind mm-hmm. of, they were set in New Orleans and I was like, okay, so we can kind of make it like they're resurrecting her and this is what is flashing through her brain it's kind of unlocking all her craziness that like she wants to do because she felt wronged at the end of apocalypse
0: mm-hmm.
2: That was kind of it. it was just more like she's been dead she she knows she's been dead and it's almost like like she's done it all she's like i already lived i've done crazy stuff i'm, I'm dead so it's like it's almost like it's not a joke to her but it's almost like she's missing pieces like she's almost right. missing a piece of herself now because mm-hmm. like I don't know, I guess you would be mentally scarred if you died. You'd yeah. be, like, <laughs> like an apocalypse of death and kind of came back. So like and she's and that's what's kind of been fun with her. Like so, like that's where that, that first art came from because I pitched it and I didn't pitch it to write because I wasn't writing arts. So I was just pitching ideas.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And we had like a writer's meeting. We we're at like literally just at like a like a restaurant having just like a pitch meeting with me and a few other writers. And one of, one of them was like, Oh, what if we do it this way? And Joe was like, No, I don't I don't want to do it that way. And he's like, Well, he's like, Dave, why don't you write it? And he's like, Why don't I was like, Really? I was like, All right, cool. And then I was like, <laughs> so I just took it and I just ran with it. Like he he gave me like little like uh like little pieces of an outline and like kind of like all right, like let's break it into four issues and then that way you cover this. Like like he kind of gave me like a good like stepping stone, and then after that I just kind of ran with it, like yeah, but I mean, yeah, it was just after that it's just been kind of evolving her. Like That's I all to be a
1: so here's my funny story so new york comic con i think it was 2018 you were at the xenoscope booth and i came over there because i was looking for what was at the time my like holy grail comic and then i'm like you know i want to i've been reading red agent a couple of different characters i was like do you have any recommendations and you pulled me over and said buy this read this <laughs> And you autographed it. So I have your autograph. Oh, awesome,
2: <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Welcome then, to the Insanity. <laughs> yep.
1: Awesome. Man. I've been buying issues of Xenoscope for years prior, but that was the first trade that I bought was at New York Comic-Con from
2: you. Awesome. And, I love to hear that. You got, and, you got you hooked.
1: <laughs> and since then I've bought so many, like uh I, I also at the same day bought The Courier by Ralph. Oh, so I have that, and I have a whole bunch of other ones and stuff. And my collection of Zenoscope comics is ridiculous right now. It's I've done everything I'm from take
2: full responsibility. Yeah, I got you yeah. on your first trade. <laughs> you
1: should. So I even have like the the Kickstarter campaign of like the Van Helsing. I have the statue over there. I've got oh. some I'm a VIP member for the for the Zenoscope. I've bought you know during COVID we were doing all of the the Facebook live sale events. I bought a ton of books.
0: Well, I, I, then, I think what we're learning here is that. <laughs> If you are going to meet uh, Dave at a con, be weary because you might start dropping <laughs> hundreds and thousands of dollars over the well, year. We just got back from San Diego. Uh, I just flew back in yesterday morning. So, oh, uh,
2: yeah. I, so I, I, I the last thing is I, I started out in sales. So like mm. and like but it was more like it like I started out as an intern, but mm. like I just that's how I got my job. Like I started out as an intern for the company by accident. Completely all, it all fell into place by accident.
1: Because one of the questions that I had was, you went to Penn State to study like technology and <laughs> and how did a career in comics come from from that? You know, you weren't like a creative writing major of any sort, you know?
2: No, was, I mean, like I, I wrote my first comic book when I was like eight with me and my grandma. Like I wrote, I wrote out <laughs> what I wanted. I drew it, and it was uh, it was a Ninja Turtles comic, and it was a Batman comic. Nice, two different comics, and it was my own little fan fiction. But like, I, I, I was either six or eight. I don't know. One of those ages where I, apparently I couldn't write neat enough, so she <laughs> wrote what I wanted for me, and we kind of made my like a comic together through that, like two comics. And then after that, I sort of like I was reading comics, like, and then I kind of fell out of it until like high school, and then mm. high school, like ninth grade, tenth grade, somebody gave me uh, Watchmen. Yeah, oh, I, was yeah. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And it got me hooked back into it. And then I started getting back in. I started going to a comic book store for the first mm. time in years. Like, I'm actually, I've never went to a comic book store before that. I bought my first comics at like Toys R Us. Oh, and wow. Like a, like a five pack <laughs> of Green Lantern. Yeah,
1: the, the little like the spindle racks. where they had a bunch together, right? Back in the day. Yeah. You know? I
2: put the box somewhere. It's in one of these like, boxes <laughs> here. But I'm just giving all the background story because, like, apparently, I, I I like to be wordy. But
1: um, it's okay. We oftentimes we ask people what their origin story is with comics and and Wizard Magazine. So have at it, by all means, for sure.
2: uh, Yeah. So it was a radioactive grandma. (laughs) um, No, so like like, so I got in the got in this like comics in high school and then we started going to Wizard World Philly Comic Con. And we started going there. And then like I think I think, I just got used to going to like I would just go there every year. Go there every year. I go get my free DC stuff, my free Marvel stuff, and then they stopped coming. And then I would just just go there every year. It was my repetition, I, and that's how I hung out. Like I stayed friends with that one guy that gave me comics after like high school, and the, and I would see him at the at the Wizard World Philly. And then the one year I went, it was like my I think it was my it was my senior year of college. I'm at Penn State Abington. I have a, I, I'm getting a bachelor's in computer science. Like mm-hmm. I don't like coding. I hate math. <laughs> like, like I like adding, subtracting, dividing, multiplication, but I hate anything with like formulas, like. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but I, but I want to do networking, or I'm going to do databasing, or something like that. Something where I have to wear a suit every day, right? So, I, I, so like, I go to the, I go to the comic con, and I'm just walking around. I, I heard about Zenoscope, but not by Zenoscope. I just heard, oh, there's Grim Fairy Tales, they're right. fairy tales. I'm like, oh, I love that type of stuff. Like, I love yeah. that. I love horror. I love fairy tales. Like, I'm like, it's what I grew up on. So I was like, all right. I went over to their their booth, and I bought. I wanted to buy Grim Volume One. They didn't have it, mm. so I bought Volume Two, and I found Volume One at another like like booth, booth around there, yeah. whatever. And then I bought like a Sinbad book off of them because I was like, oh, I really? Like Sinbad looks really cool. Mm. And then so whatever, I bought it. None of them really talked to me. That was the first thing I re- I went up, and it was just all, both just staring at each other. And I'm just like, all right, cool. I want these books. Can I buy these? Like no one's <laughs> talking to me. And then, so, like, I bought them, went home, realized they ripped me off. Like, the one book that was a 99 cent book, sold me for three bucks. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, so, like, it didn't matter. I was like, whatever. I read the books. I mean, these are cool. I was like, well, so I went, on their, I went on their website, and the website wasn't the greatest. It was, like, one of those old websites that kept loading.
1: Oh, the early version of the website. Yeah, I remember. It was, like, the yeah. old style, like, HTML just
2: yeah it, just, yeah, it was so busy so like it would like you go to click something it would shift it would move. so with the quick and it was funny it was like oh sinbad the next issue click here i was like oh i want the next issue so i went to click it and it shifted and i clicked the myspace link and it brought me <laughs> to their myspace and then their myspace blog it said like internships needed i was like oh sweet i was like i need an internship why not i was like do you guys have like a computer internship they're like oh email ralph tedesco i emailed him and then, like, basically, he's like, yeah, hey, yeah, we have a, we have a, our computer guy just went and became a cop. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and then I I, sh- I went out, I bought a suit. Bought, I went out and bought my, my first suit. Like, I was like, oh, I'm not going to get this interview. I'm not going to get this anyway. I'm like, what, who, am I, who am I kidding? And then I went in. I remember I, I, I was wearing this suit that I bought, like, a couple days before. I come in. I sit on the couch in the office. There's a case of Miller light in front of me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool and then uh and then like i go to meet ralph ralph just laughs at me. he's like i'm sorry man i should have told you we're pretty casual here and i was like in my head i'm like i just bought this suit <laughs> i was like i was like this sucks and then i'm like i'm super dressed up and then i went in there I interviewed and then he, he called me back like a week later and then he I, I got me a job there so i started out as an intern and their computer stuff like that i, I like that they needed done it was like i set up a printer and I set up their networks for all the computers, and I was done. All my internship <laughs> was done in, like, two days. And I was like, crap, I need like so, I need to write 15 pages, and I need to do, like, so many hours worth of internship. Mm-hmm. So I stayed on, and I just kept doing, like, I helped out anywhere they needed like, the, the warehouse, whatever. You need it, I got it. And then I made up this 15-page paper off of, like, two things I've done for them. But I turned <laughs> it into 15 pages, and I handed that in. But we're at, we're at the whittler philly and I went back to like when I went up to them, and I was like, "That was the most awkward thing I've ever done." And I'm like, "I can't shut up." So like, people are walking by, I'm like, "Hey, have you read our books before?" Hey, hey, you want to check these out? And it's probably the same thing I did to you. Yeah, pretty do much. It now, I <laughs> keep telling everybody like, uh, when I'm old and I have dementia in like a an old folks home, I'm gonna be the old, i the old man Francini. Like, hey, have you read our books? And they're like, "Please <laughs> shut up." So
1: like, like I said, oh. I was
2: literally going there
1: to look for a pin. I think I talked to you for a solid half an hour, and we were just, you know, bought a <laughs> bought a couple trades,
0: a poster, the whole thing. I mean, it was oh, fantastic. I'm
2: sorry for all the, 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 the pain I've caused your wallet. I, I, <laughs> I want to ask, because
0: obviously you're saying it, it's kind of all beginning for you and Zenoscope at Wizard World Philly. What was your relationship with Wizard Magazine? Like, were, were you more about the convention, or were you reading the magazine? Was that a uh, pipeline? I've read two two issues of it, and I, I still have the one. It's
2: somewhere packed in these boxes, but <laughs> I remember it had like it was like Spawn, and it was like, and it, it got me to buy the Spawn action figure, where it's like he's got red armor on, and he's got like a blade out of his arm, and his head comes off, and there's the Spawn head, and it, like I just remember that, and like I, I have that somewhere in this, this box somewhere. But I've read two Wizard World magazines because I wasn't super into comics. I was like I liked reading what I read. But I wasn't in the back end of like knowing. I, I didn't. I didn't even know who writers were and artists yeah. were. I just knew I liked books. And then I started getting used to like, oh, I know I like this guy's stuff, or I like this character. I'm gonna read everything Flash. I'm gonna read everything Green Lantern. I'm gonna read everything Spider Man. Like, so I jumped into that. But I, I was never. I wasn't deep enough to know. Like, it was more just like, give me something. I'll read it. Like, if you saw the first things, I would buy. I have this Spider Man, the introduction of the slug, who's like a knockoff of the Kingpin. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like. I'm like, to normal people and to me now, I'm like, that's probably a terrible book. But I'm like, I loved it. I was like, I didn't care because it was just comics. Like, I just wanted to read yeah. it. Like, I wasn't so ingrained where I'm like, oh, I got to read this guy's stuff. I was like, I just want to read it all.
0: What was your first assignment? Because how did you let them know that, hey, I can write? I'm annoying. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> no like,
2: so I just, I, I, well, the thing is, like, so I was, I, I was a super fan. So had to, like, I like, I did the Wizard World stuff. And I was selling and they're like, well, we need someone in sales. Do you want to do sales? So like I was in sales and then I remember Joe was like, well, we'll keep you in sales for a little bit. Then we'll move you to editing soon. Six years later, like I'll cut ahead. But that was six years later is when I moved to editing. So like I would just read everything they did. Like every book I've read, I've read everything that ever written and things that you might not have ever seen, things like that, like stuff like that. And like they had me read, like, and I was just like a super fan. Like, I just loved the comics. I loved everything about it. And then, like, I would go through their damage box. Like, they, they would always have damages every time you got shipments mm. in. And I'm like, can I buy these zombies? They're like, you can just take them. We're going to throw them out. I'm like, you're going to throw <laughs> them out. I was going like, well, to go through them and I grabbed all the ones I wanted. I was like, why don't you just take these to the shows and sell them for like a dollar? I'm like, I would buy them. I was like, yeah, okay, we're take these yeah. things. And we did. And they were like our biggest sellers. Like, you just see all the stuff. I'm like, no crap. Because <laughs> people want to buy it. And they just want the books. Yeah, well, they don't care if they can grade it. Sometimes, like yeah, so like I would just, I would basically read everything, and they would. After a while, they started. I started catching uh, mistakes in the printed books, and I'd oh. go, I'd write to them and be like, I wasn't trying to be a jerk, but I was like, I'd write them an email because I wouldn't get up and say it to them. I'd write them an email I'd be like, Hey, I found this in this book. I like, I'll oh, <laughs> we'll fix it in the trade. I'll fix it in the trade. I was like, Yeah, right, cool. And I just kept doing that, and then after a while, I just kind of like I would just pitch ideas. I I'd, mm. they would never answer them. Like and I and I understand it now. now where I'm at where they were when I was there. I'm like, yeah, it's just like you don't have time. It's not about like I don't want to hear it. It's just like, dude, I'm I'm in the middle of a million projects. I can't yeah. read your nonsense that I didn't ask for. Like mm-hmm. so, like it, it skip like down like doing like sales for like a couple of years. And we're at San Diego. Uh, well, it's two things. Like, our head of licensing, Jen Vermel, she, w- she was getting our deal together with Discovery Channel. We already did Top 10 Deadliest Sharks, and we were doing a follow-up for, uh like, Great White Sharks. And she knew I love comics, and she, uh, I think, I can't remember if she asked me or I asked her. I was like, can I write one of them? And she said, yeah, sure. And then she, she told me to find a few. Like, I found a different, like, Great White Stories, and then I wrote one. It was, like, a, I think it was, like, eight pages long. So I just wrote it gave it to her and then I didn't I, I didn't even think about it like I was just whatever like it'll get drawn it's not gonna it, I was, it was early like they weren't gonna get started on it for months and then I was at San Diego and Raven who wrote uh, created Wonderland and mm. wrote, like, Fly, and he was like our executive editor at the time I was just kind of joking with him uh, like joking but serious I was like yo man when are you gonna let me write uh, he's like uh, he's like you wanna write uh, an origin of something I was like yeah he's like well and he gave me like characters to pick from him. I was like how about the Goblin Queen He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. Write, write up an outline for me for an issue, and then I and, uh, and get back to me. I was like, all right. So I finished out in San Diego, and then flew home. Like I did, like like uh, like the other day. Got home like seven in the morning. I slept on the plane, and right when I got home. I started writing the outline. I was like, I had the idea in the plane. I was just like, all right, cool. I was thinking about the second he said, okay, and I was like, all right, how do we do this? And then I wrote this crazy long like outline, and I said it to me. He's like, it's too long. I was like, all right, but then he he gave me notes. He cut down some stuff, and I took it and I I gave it to him another time. He's like, all right, we'll just cut it down a little bit more. And I, I gave it to him again, and then and then I turned it into a script. And like I learned the script because like I would I grabbed the think like I think theirs like they had a, they had a Escape from Wonderland script script book, and I was just going through that and copying how they wrote like their their scripts. because so I never wrote one before. Then I did that. I gave it in. It was a little it was a little loose. Like it had. I had a lot of empty panels. So Raven like gave me some notes and he filled in some things. So like, if you look at the first one, it says written by me and Raven. Because he, mm-hmm. he threw in some stuff and he, he helped me. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't know to like... The, just the
1: formula and all that stuff. Yeah.
2: So it wound up being like, it was 2013. So like then the Goblin Queen, the Grim Universe number three. And then the Great White Church came out within like two weeks of each other. Or, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like So it wound up happening at the same time. And that was like my first time in the writing. I wound up getting a nonfiction and a fiction at like the same exact time in the same year,
0: and now you just, yeah, you just never stop. There's so much that's come out with your name on it, and dude. Michael has most of it. I have. He has I so have many l- questions about specific oh. works. Get, get into it, Michael. No, I know exactly. you have so much you I, want to I, ask. It. Like it, oh, I it, mean,
2: no idea how good it feels like it, it. Dude, it's an awesome feeling knowing that people actually enjoy the craziness that you that you put out there. Like,
1: I, I no joke, literally have every single issue of Bell and several different variant covers by the way like <laughs> the only variant cover that i haven't been able to track down is the carla cohen like poker card one where she's like
2: the wild card yes yeah, the that's, wild the,
1: card. that's the only one i don't have and i'm like i need to that's like my new holy grail
2: um, well, Let me uh, email me after this. i'll see what we have <laughs> if we have any left in there where
1: <laughs> i would i would owe you forever let me tell you but speaking of bell in particular because she's a relatively new character to the universe in a lot of cases and you've basically forged her from an idea which I think is a great concept and and I kind of look at her as sort of like an archetype of a young Batman or a young Nightwing or or Batgirl. And like where did you kind of or how did you model her character off of oh. like anything or just kind of like
0: Well,
2: I like- I can tell you I got she started in a conversation with me and Joe. Me and Joe were just—we met the one day. We're sitting in the same office we're in now. Went in the conference room, and we were just talking. It was when I was like, deeper in editing, and we were just talking about like, okay, like let's like we need us—we need some stories coming up, and we're like we're, we're going to do this we're going to do an armed forces one shot we never did an armed force one shot we always do a swimsuit one shot we're doing that every other year now we do one every year
1: i, I have all of them,
2: <laughs> yeah. all of them. So like, it, it's, it's crazy because the pin-up specials are like best sellers oh they go crazy people go crazy they sell out so fast oh, too they're, it's they're uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's insane it's insane and at the same time you're like i love it because I, I love working with so many artists and getting them out there uh but uh, yeah, like so we were doing an armed forces one. We never did one. And I, I was like, Well, should we do a short story for it? He's like, Well, yeah. I was like, I was like, Well, he's like, he, I was like, well, who do you want to do one on? And at that time I was writing all of our short stories. Like that's how I was keeping myself writing. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really I got the Cinderella one in like two thousand sixteen, but then like I wasn't fully writing after that. Like I, I wrote that and then then I was kind of just doing short stories. Like I was doing mm-hmm. little things here and there. And then he's like, well, I don't know. I was like, well, I was like, well, what if it's a new military character? I was like, I started getting an idea in my head. And he's like, okay, that can be cool. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll write it up tonight and then I'll bring it to you tomorrow. And it was like a five-page story. And it was just an outline. I was like, here's the idea. And then he's like, yeah, that's cool. Let's do that. And it was just Belle. And it was just about how she, like, through generations – Or one side was military, and it was because of the armed forces that made me think that. I was like, okay, let's build something that somebody has a a military background. And then I was like, what if the other side of her is a beast on her? I was like, so that way it ties into the fairy tales. And it kind of just evolved there. And I was like, I wrote the five-page story, and I I gave it to Joan. He's like, ah, well, it's me. I I like this. Let's make it into like a miniseries. And it was like a five-page story. And I was like, okay. I was like, can I write it? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right, sweet. So I, I took the, I just outlined the whole thing. I wrote it and I sent it to him and he's like, yeah, go ahead. And then it's just where it kind of, and then it started evolving because then I, then -hmm. I read the Beauty and the Beast books. Like I read like the, like I read our versions, like Grim issues 13 and 14. I was like, what can Mm -hmm. I take from here? I was like, doesn't make sense. I was like, those kind of end differently. I was like, let's make this completely separate. And then, I watched the new movie with Emma what's it, Watson.
1: Yep. And I,
2: was like, I just dug into that. And I was like, all right, cool, there's that. And I watched the old cartoon. I just wanted to ingrain myself in what we knew of that. And I was like, what can I, what can I take that people know and ingrain in this? And it was like, it was the color of the costume. It was the, and that's why the costume changes and the colors change because they, they, they match that, like that visual cue.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: um, it was just building it out from there. And it was like, all right, well, what would happen if, the beast they're coming after why is this happening what's going on and then i I don't know it just kind of just flew out of me like it was just like all right well there's this and there's this and like i was still early in writing so like not all of it was fleshed out but when i gave the outline it was just more like because i remember at one point i was like all right well it's not gonna it's gonna the beast is gonna be her brother
1: yeah which i love i love that take that it's not a love interest i I love that it's a it's so much more interesting it's really cool
2: well, that was the, the first thing that like, drove around for like, well, like, should we make it a love interest? And I was like, no, I was like, let's do it this way. Because it hasn't, it was none, it, it's unexpected. And they were like, all right, let's do that. Like, that's fine. That's cool. So I just kind of kept building it off of that. And then it was just like, all right, well, like, like, how messed up is this family? And then it was just like, <laughs>
1: no, was, it gets pretty messed up. It gets pretty messed
2: yeah, up. What I think. And the whole character Bell, and it's like it's it, it's definitely like a Batman, but like I I I try to write her because like everything you write is kind of a piece of you, like mm-hmm. like a small piece. of You, you kind of gotta write a little bit of what you know and a little bit of what you make up. And it's like so like Bell's kind of like when I write her, it's more like my insecurities and like the mm-hmm. things I'm unsure of and and where I'm like trepid like like uh, I'm I'm gonna like I'm gonna do this, but I'm not like I, what's gonna happen, I don't know. But I'm like I just gotta take the chance and do it. And that's, like, the whole thing of my career. Like, like, where I'm just like, can I do this? Can I do that? Being, like, pestering, but then also being sarcastic to cover up your insecurities. So, she's kind of a little bit of Batman mixed with Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, where he, like he has, like, the, the jokes to kind of soft, like, to, to deflect them from thinking they're getting to him. But in his head, he's just like, oh, crap. Like, like, like I'm about to get impaled by the rhino. Like So, it was, it was just taking those things that I liked and just smushing them together. And then that's just bell.
1: It is. And it's really interesting. And also, in a way, it's sort of kind of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in a sense, where like there's a legacy of these people that were kind of going after these monsters. And, and she's the the next phase of that, so to speak. And there's a whole okay. secret society. It's, it's a wild story. It's fantastic. I mean, if you haven't read it, the first volume of Bell is fantastic. And everything since has always been very interesting. So Adam doesn't know as much about the Zenoscope universe
0: as I do. How and <laughs> oh, right <laughs> well, exactly well that, that's that's <laughs> the thing and, and i will say so like the first thing i've read is the return of the wicked witch like that's my first introduction oh, cool. <laughs> to xenoscope comics and because we talked to david wall last time he spoke very highly of you the entire time especially you were just mentioning how much research you do to pull in all those elements and that's what he's talking about he's like oh dave's so good at that he'll read every oz book and all that i did want to ask just real quick about that because it, it did speak to me it it was I only had an, a concept of Xenoscope from what Michael had described to me and then seeing a few covers and being like, I don't know if the, those books are going to be for me. But then I read the insides and I'm like, okay, this is a solid story and it's not all cheesecake. So what for you, as you and, and Dave Wall were collaborating, what was the most exciting part of that collaboration on this most recent Oz project?
2: Well, I mean, to start with it too, like I love working with David. Like, It's weird like how easily we just click on everything we do like we when we outline a lot of these stories together it's just like oh what about this and we're like all right cool that and we just kind of it, it literally flows and it's really cool to have somebody like that where it's like we don't really like our ideas don't smash into each other and push each other out of the way it's more like i like that idea how about we do this with that idea and then we do this and then it just starts becoming and we laugh because every time we're done an outline we're like we really like that one and we say it every time and i'm like yeah because we're we're obsessed with ourselves like <laughs> there's <laughs> something wrong with us like we can't like I was like we're like we're like every time we do it they're like this is really good we really like this and then um I mean and it's cool too because like I, I love darkness like I got I got into like darkness and witchblade like back when I was like dating this girl in high school and her dad gave me like the darkness compendium or the was it the compendium yeah and then the Witchblade one and I just got sucked into those and when we like when we first started working when I was like that's so cool. I was like I was like I have some of his books on my shelf. I was like this is cool to be able to work with a guy that I read now I the only time I ever had that other feeling was when I like I worked with like Chuck Dixon or with Howard uh Mackey and Terry Cavanaugh I was like it's so crazy to like work with people that have been in this industry and building things that you've that inspired you to write anyway and that was, that was always cool so like but like and that's the thing is like I'm not a super like I, I'm a, I'm appreciative of people's things but I don't want to be like I don't wanna I don't want to turn him off from like wanting to work with me I'm like oh remember you did this like I love it. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to. I didn't want him to be like, "All right, dude, let's make something new."
1: <laughs>
2: so, like, but I, I, that's why I love working with Davies. One of the most laid back and calm guy. Like he just kind of, he's very good. He goes with every flow. And I told him that. I tell him that all the time. I'm like, "Dude, like, you just have this weirdly positive attitude that it creeps me out because I'm like neurotic." I'm he, he
1: was super cool to talk to. Like, he's just yeah. very
2: chill and like and very one of the
1: best books that has come out in the last five years, easily. Is man goat and the bunny man? <laughs> what I haven't told you about this? Oh no. uh, man, man goat and the bunny man. This is this is a, a Sun Komonaki cover, but like it's basically a man goat who's basically like almost like a, a son of Satan or something like that, and this humanoid bunny fellow, and they're sort of like
2: oh, you know,
1: <laughs> and they're just. It's the most insane three-issue story you've ever read in your life, but it's super fun. And they have a follow-up now that's even just as good. Who came up with this idea? But I gotta know.
2: So, like, that one, that one, like, me and, like, after, like, it used to be, like, we'd go on little, like, trips to a restaurant and come up with stories. Then I think it was Ralph that was like, why don't we go away and do, like, almost like a writer's retreat? That's so we cool. rent we rented a house in like Brigantine, like New Jersey, like right outside of AC, because we like to drink and gamble. So we want to be close <laughs> enough to do it, but not do it at night. So like we go to the we 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 go to the, the house, we rent like an Airbnb. We go to the house and we're gonna lock ourselves in. I think we go Thursday to Sunday. So like Thursday and Friday, we're gonna do nothing but covers for the year. Like we we'll map out we map out all of our cover like the collectible covers for the year. Oh, that's cool. And then we'll do like story stuff. We're mapping out stories, outlining everything. And then like Saturday, we do that for half the day. Then we go to the casino. That's like our reward. Like we don't leave the house until that Saturday night. And then that Sunday, we would like do a little bit, and then we go home. So like this one, this one it was wasn't one of the first ones we did, but it was definitely one of the, it was. I mean, it wasn't the first one, but it was one of the first ones we did. And we went there and we're talking about like different stuff. we am trying to think what other story we came up with there. I think we might have came up with Child, the Blood Money, the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what's, these are all the beats that are going to happen between issue one, here's issue two here's issue three, so when we give it to somebody or we take it ourselves, we know exactly where the stories are going to go, where mm-hmm. we want them in it, there's enough freedom in there for the writers to give their own twist on it but it's more, we, we, we want to build this universe and keep building it so man, anyway, we're sitting there and Joe was like, well, oh, like, we wanted to come up with a, like, we were, we were doing this thing where, like, every quarter we wanted to do a three-issue miniseries that was non-dream universe, no fairy tales,
0: mm-hmm. just
2: something different to get new fans to see what it is, and also to, like, stretch our, our, our brains outside of the fairy tale realm. Yeah. I had this idea, like, what if we did something with, like, the man-goat and the bunny-man? And I remember <laughs> we were sitting there, we're like, all right, well, what's the idea? And then he's like, he's like, ah, oh, kind of, maybe they hunt other monsters, and, like, <laughs> And then I was like, all right, I like that. And then we just started like building on that. We're like, "Oh, right, well, what if they did this? And what did they do that? And then, and then we're like, anyway, I remember I Googled the picture of uh, either Ralph or Joey. They Googled the picture of, it. I think I did. I can't remember, but they pulled it up. And I was like, It looks like he's pooping. I was like, we should put that in there. Again. Yes. It's so, it's so insane. It's so and, funny. And, like, so, and, like, I, I don't know why, but it <laughs> makes me laugh. So like a lot of the <laughs> jokes, are in, there's a lot of poop jokes in there. Yes, there are. Like, but like it,
1: the bunny, it, the it, bunny it, like gets nervous and poops himself. It's really funny. Yeah,
2: and then and then a guy picks it up and he's trying to track him and he's holding <laughs> the poop and it, it's like, but it's like so it just kind of just spun out of us just making each other laugh, coming up with like because it 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 wasn't fully comedy at first and then we just started making it funny because we're like mm. it's crazy man goat and bunny man, and I think Joe definitely didn't want it to be super serious, so we just started leaning into it and getting goofier and goofier with it. We're just. I remember so. we had like we had those giant post it notes and we would just uh, write on it. Like, <laughs> all right, here's the next thing. Here's the next thing.
0: And it got so point, good.
2: We started going, we went through the whole first issue and then all of a sudden I got to the point where I couldn't even keep up with what we were writing. So Joe just put it on his laptop and he was just typing it as we went. We mapped out the whole three issue series in like a day and a half of just being goofy and weird and then like taking pieces we had and moving them around. Like, and that, like, and honestly while we we're making it and i I say it to joe to this day and ralph i'm like i felt when we made it i was like and it was like it's how me and david said oh i really like that one but like this one i just felt different i was like i was like this is one of the favorite one of our favorite thing that we've created and i was like it's really it's so different and it hits so many levels of like things that i love so i hope other people loved it and i know and that's the thing is like me joe and ralph have that weird sense of humor like i'm definitely the weirdest one they'll, they'll remind me all the time because I, I but like we all laugh at this very weird stuff and that's all it was it was just building on this and just we cohesively making this crazy story and then we did it again with the second one this one the second one we uh david was included too because david wasn't in the company when we made the first right one. and then he joined and we did the second one and i remember that where we the second one has like a dog queen and all these. these, these this sounds like the
0: these. the next thing I need to check out now that I've uh, got you ha- past the world of Oz. The, yeah. The,
1: the the funniest thing about it is like you could they couldn't keep this on the shelves. The comic shops would sell out of this book so fast they kept having to order reprints because people wanted it so. They're like this insane three issue story. <laughs> people just couldn't stop buying, and I was one of them. And I was like, it's just a fun, <laughs> Mom, fun. <it's> like- <laughs> You know, I loved it. And I and I and I I, I like obscure stuff sometimes, and this is really obscure. Well, and
0: I'm I'm always looking for humor in my books. Like that, oh, that's like the thing that it. always pulls me inside. So I love it. But I, I gotta ask because obviously, like we're on two different sides of this. So Michael was drawn in by the covers, you know, that get a little provocative and get a little you know, get your attention that way. Actually, and, I wasn't it... to 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 correct oh, yeah. you
1: on that. I was drawn in my first ever. Issue that I bought was was uh the first volume of Red Agent when she when they when they did that and the first issue it was kind of like a James Bondy sort of cover and I was like this looks kind of cool and I opened it and I was like huh a reimagining of Little Red Riding Hood as like a spy and I was like oh okay and she's got superpowers and that was it and that was and the covers kind of came second to just that story
0: yeah and i, I so i'm yeah, curious I mean, was, to get your perspective dave because you know for someone like me that doesn't realize what stories are actually in there because i see a certain cover or, you know the look and the there maybe the reputation your place in the marketplace so would you think it helps or hinders that those style of rough, covers
2: we, we deal with it all and, we, and the thing is we see it at, even at conventions you, you see people and it's funny moms will cover their kids eyes as they walk by this the booth and stuff like that and they're like it it it's it's tough. It's a hard thing because the reason they did it in the beginning because they needed something to to catch the eye and be different from your normal superhero stuff. Um, and it, it couldn't be like fables. It couldn't be like anything that was already existing like that. So that was the reason. It was like okay, like like the two sexy covers. They did it in the nineties. Like we know where it went in the nineties, but it's like you know what? They haven't really. Had, it's it's out. Let's bring it back. Let's do this, and it worked. And it's kind of like it, it's a double edged sword. It's like. It worked. It got people to buy it. And at the same time, it makes some people that just are so against that not want to pick it up. And that's where we like, we got to do with the conventions. Like, and that's one of my favorite things at the convention is people walk by and want nothing to do with us. And you're (laughs) like, just check them out. I'll tell you about them real quick. And then the the jokes on them, you tell them, you show them the art and you show them how crazy it is. I used to show show them Wonderland and like how they would paint the roses because they decapitated the card soldiers and they would paint it with the blood. And it would just pull people in and it started showing them that it's like, it's a Don't judge a book by its cover. Like we're, we don't even, I think we've maybe mentioned or shown like a sexual scene, like three times in 18 years in the book. Yeah. Like, it's like, like I, I, not it's like that at all. For, yeah. It's only if it's in there, it's in there because it's part of the story and not because we're trying to do like anything horny or anything like that. So it, it's, it, but it's tough because I see it from both ends. Like I'm so desensitized by it that like, because I book all of our covers, I don't even realize when I'm pulling off references. I'm like, nobody should search my Google. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm looking at, it, I'm like, I was like, is this wrong? I'm like, I don't care. Get on Duck Duck at, Go, I guess. And then, like, and it's like, yeah, you just like, but it is. It's crazy because, like, but once you start talking to people and you show them it and you tell them it, you can just see this shift in their eyes. Like one of one of my favorite books we do is Neverland, and it's like Peter Pan's a villain hooks the hero. And oh, it's, it's
1: like, great. Yeah, it's are so cool. Little, like,
2: and then you start telling them like, "Oh, he's a, he sucks the life out of like children by like absorbing their soul, and mm-hmm. that's how he stays young." And they're like, "That makes sense." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah," <laughs> I was like, "Now check out the rest of these." And that, so it's like we definitely see it from people. We I see it all over message board. I read, I, I read all that stuff on message boards, Facebook, and like you kind of just got numb to it. It like, doesn't matter. Like people that say that, I know they haven't read the books. Like the yeah. people that are like, oh, all they do is this," I'm like you definitely didn't read any of the books. So I'm like, I'm not worried about your opinion
0: because you're forming it out of nowhere. Like, Yeah, well, and you guys are here and growing. So obviously it works because people do get the interest, like you said, and then they open the book, you know, and they see a premise that's amazing that like is uh, because it's everything you guys are talking about, I'm just like clever twist, clever twist, clever yeah. twist. I'm like, this is amazing. So I so mean, awesome.
1: even even like they did a Three Musketeers and it's. It's two female musketeers and one male musketeer, and they have different powers and how they work off each other, and it's really interesting stuff. One yeah. of my next questions I have really is so I'm I'm actually really excited for a book that's coming out tomorrow is Grimm's Fairy Tale seventy four, which you wrote, and the, it has a I, I love Sky as a character who's basically the daughter of uh well, that's that's it there it is. But um, so Sky is the daughter of the original um Snow White, whose name is Sella, or right? S- yep. Heal, yeah, and and she's a really cool character. She travels through. She's got all kinds of wild powers. It's really interesting. But she's crossing over with Red Agent, who's one of my favorite characters. And I'm I can't wait to pick it up. I'm I'm ready to go to the store tomorrow and get it. Um, the question I have is: of all the different Grim characters, who is a a crossover event that you'd like to sort of mash up with each other.
2: Um, I definitely, I still want to do. I mean, we haven't had like we we've had it happen, but they haven't really had an interaction like the interactions that I, I I want to see yet. I haven't seen Bell with Van Helsing, and I haven't seen Bell with uh with Robin. It doesn't mean we won't, but I mean, like I just haven't seen them yet. So I, I really like that stuff, and I'm not try, trying to just be like oh, because I love Belle. It's just like I just I'm very interested to see those characters interact, and I I say that like a weirdo because it's like you don't know what they're gonna say to each other until you start getting them to talk to each other, and then then all of a sudden you're like like the banter between them like like so I mean there's definitely that I mean and and I want to see Cinderella meet Gretel. Like, I would love to oh, see that it. would be great! That'd be a great fight. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be cool. because oh, yeah, can take damage from yeah. like. Cindy. I,
0: I am mean. curious though. We're talking about crossovers here. Obviously, in the '90s, crossovers were huge. Marvel and DC were even crossing over in those days. So, this is a question that Michael actually threw out to Dave Wall last time. For you, if you could bring in another character from another publisher. Into the Zenescope universe, if you guys were able to strike a deal, who would it be? And who would you want them to cross over with that you're writing? I can give you a, like a weird answer.
2: I'd be like, Winnie the Pooh. And, she, <laughs> and he just like, it's just like a talking bear. And these people are just like, what's going on here?
1: I can see the turtles with Robin in New York City.
2: I would love the into Turtles, but like, my fear is like, I would. I think I would. I'd be too scared to ever write an internal <laughs> and bring them into our world, just because like I wouldn't want to ruin them for myself. Um, I don't know. Let I me mean, look on my shelf real quick. I mean, I actually I love the darkness. Darkness is literally one of my favorite like characters. So bringing him into like a Robin story or in the even like even like a like a Gretel story because she would perceive him as a was like witchcraft. That would be really cool. Yeah, there's there's definitely like a like a few different ones i mean i wouldn't go and like a, 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 a spider-man or i just don't think it would fit into our right. world but yeah i mean probably for me it would I'd probably find the weirdest possible thing ever and try to make it as weird as po- I, I like weird stories too and i like things that make me laugh so it would be something like like bone would come in <laughs> and it would just be like hey he's just he, he's 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 attracted to cindy or like, <laughs> Yeah, like he's like, but then he starts realizing like that she's insane and she's not like Thorn.
1: Dave, this has been super, super fun. Like I've been I'm so thrilled to have you on the podcast. This has been super cool. I could talk to you for hours. I don't want to keep you all night. But I you know, I have a couple last minute sort of questions for you. You know, so you had a really interesting story arc for your career and journey and working in this company what I love about Zenoscope is you kind of have a a small, like sort of family community in within the company itself. And how do you guys maintain that sort of, you know, connectivity with each other and, and, you know, sort of keep the fandom going. Cause you guys really figured it out, especially during COVID, like how to keep connected with people and stuff like that.
2: I mean, we we just like each other. I mean, that's, it's really it. Like you you, you kind of, I mean, we've been together for so long and you just kind of, and that's the thing is I feel like if we didn't click and we, we've seen it, like you see like every company, like people that don't click, they normally don't stay long or they don't, right. but like we we click and the people that are there, we all click and it, it's just weird. Like I, I even at like it it's just, I remember with Joe and Ralph, it was like, they were my bosses, but I would go to conventions with them and hang out with them at the where's like restaurants and bars and just mm-hmm. kind of just, just being ingrained into this, like, this family and like, and also some of them are actually part of their family. Like some of them like or like uh, Joe's sister-in-law, or like a, a, one of their best, Joe and Ralph's friend for thirty years is one of one of the like our our lead sales guys. Like so, it's like it was for me. It was just getting and molding in with them, and it's just like we all we all just kind of get along. We, all, we get along. We're all a bit like quirky and weird, not to the point of just like being crazy. I mean that we know of, but we're just like we we, we all bounce off each other and laugh all day. Like like just the the, the topics we talk about there probably should be frowned upon but we just we just it's just more because we're like it's stretching our like we're all like everybody in there from sales marketing shipping they're all creative people and Mm. we're all we're all kind of just like we feed off each other and make each other laugh or we or we build ideas for like things even when we complain which we do we we complain and then we make a sales idea off of it we're like oh we have too many of these or what's going on with this like oh well let's get this out there we just kind of we all just kind of work together because we want the company to succeed because this is like, it's all our lives. Like we're putting so much of our life into this. But like we want it to be better.
1: And well, we- as, you, as you can tell, the sales are doing fine. If just, just from <laughs> me alone. Um, I mean, I even have the, the, uh, uh, Inferno bottle opener somewhere. I've got all, all kinds <laughs> of stuff. I got everything. Let me tell you only thing that as soon as they start coming out with hot toys for Xenoscope cares is just email me and I'll just pre-order all of them. No problem. Well,
2: we're working with, uh, Divine Statues, Divine Studios, and they're working on a statue now, too.
1: I've been waiting for this six-scale Bell statue for, like, four years. Oh, (laughs) I think...
2: That that sadly isn't going to come... I heard. I heard. I was
1: bummed, but it was beautiful. I was
2: was bummed. It it had a light built into the bottom of it. It was awesome.
1: Oh, it was amazing. But... Dave, again, thank you so much for being on our podcast. We, we I I am thrilled. We loved having you. It's so fantastic to talk to you. How can people connect with you online and find out what's coming up in Zenoscope? And, and where can the listeners get excited about stuff in the future for you guys?
2: Well, no, thanks for having me on. Like I really appreciate it. You guys are fun. Like, I'll talk to you guys for all, all forever. <laughs> so, like, I mean, anytime you guys want me to talk again, I'll bug you all the time. Um, <laughs> That's so I really great. appreciate you guys letting me on. Glad you're a super fan. That makes me even happier because it means all the nights I don't sleep, that somebody else is at least benefiting.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> I'm sitting uh, on my couch reading probably. So. <laughs> I'd like to
2: hear. But no, I mean, like, you can find us on like uh, Facebook, just Zenoscope uh, Entertainment, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we had a TikTok. I don't think we updated anymore, so don't worry about that. And then we do monthly live streams. So every mm-hmm. month we continue the live streams. Yeah. We're actually having one this Friday and Saturday. On like so, you just go to Facebook and you can join on there. Our website, it'll, you can join the email list, and we'll we'll bombard mm-hmm. you with emails that you hopefully want to get on a ton of different books, new things coming out forever, just just mm-hmm. forever um, mm-hmm. until you unsubscribe, and then we'll just we'll find you and we'll put it in your <laughs> mailbox. Now, um, <laughs> But no, I mean, you you can
1: even buy back issues on there. There's a lot of back issue covers and, you know, trades and all kinds. of. It's a ton of great content. I mean, they do really cool stuff from like, you know, movie covers and they have guests on that and they do live. They have, have a podcast now as well. It's really great stuff. So if you if you are interested in a unique, cool company that is different from the big you know, two, or even if you count image, big three, check out Xenoscope. They've got really great content. And and Dave, again, thank you so much for being a part of this with us. It's a, it's a true honor to me and I'm so glad that five years later, I got to pay it forward and show you my first trade I bought from you. So it's super
2: cool
0: for me as well.
2: No, thank you. I appreciate it. I really do.
0: We want to thank everybody who checked out this interview. Hey, if you found us through popgeeks.com, why not check out Wizards, the podcast guide to comics? You can find us at wizardscomics.com. We're at Wizards Comics on Twitter, at Wizards underscore comics on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're everywhere. But also, if you found out about Pop Geeks through Wizards, the podcast guide to comics, well, you can go on over to popgeeks.com. They have movie reviews, game reviews, all sorts of fun stuff in pop culture. It's definitely going to catch your attention and keep you excited. And just stay on board for our third and final installment in this series. We'll be talking to Ralph Tedesco, co-founder of Xenoscope Entertainment. So stay tuned. And hey, until next time, we'll check you later.